Welcome to the Everyday Innovator Podcast for product managers and innovators. Your host is Chad McAllister, helping product managers become product masters. Listen and get ready to take your career to the next level for the doctor is in. Hi, this is Chad, and this is where you make your move from product manager to product master, learning practical knowledge that leads to more influence and confidence so you'll create products customers love. Making that happen, creating those products that customers love, feels like juggling a whole lot of balls at one time. It can really be chaotic. It's also a good bet that people on your product team, and most certainly in your organization outside that core team, have different understandings of what the product is really about. It's a real challenge to keep everyone on the same page. The tool that brings order to all that chaos is vision. The product vision is like the guiding northern light, the light for the product team that points the way keeping everyone moving in the same direction. It's the responsibility of the product manager to create and share that product vision. Yet, it's not easily done. Very few great product vision examples exist. Thankfully for us, my guest knows how to create product vision and has done so many times. He is John Hensley, CEO of Emerge Interactive. John's expertise is from driving innovation through design thinking from his work designing hundreds of digital experiences with organizations in a variety of industries. You'll find the summary of our discussion at theeverydayinnovator.com slash 191. I hope you check out those show notes if you haven't before. It's a great written summary. And now to the practical advice that John shares on product vision. John, thanks for joining the Everyday Innovators. Thank you for having me, Chad. It's great to be here. I am glad to talk to you about product vision. It is a topic that comes up at times, and I think it's a topic that is a little underrated. It is one of the things that us as product managers should be aware of because I think it's a big part of our responsibilities. Why don't we start with what product vision is and why it's important? Absolutely. Well, I think one of the most important things to understand is the role that a product vision has uh, for product managers. Uh, A really great product uh, vision is a tool. Um, It's a tool to align the plan that you have with your executive stakeholders, your team, it uh, informs how you make good decisions around your product and making sure that you don't have product drift with, um, you know, in putting resources into the wrong areas, maybe the wrong feature sets. So, you know, vision is really commonly defined as, you know, I want something that's, you know, kind of aspirational and to inspire the team. But I think it has to, a really great product vision goes beyond inspiration and really gives you the practical purpose, the why behind Mm -hmm. uh, why this product exists and how it's going to benefit both users as well as the business. It's just like an organizational vision, right? It's the thing that we are moving towards that we want to become. And as you said, it helps to set up kind of the guidelines, the the guardrails on what this product is about and getting everyone kind of on the same page about moving towards that perspective, that vision of the product. Absolutely. So pretty important. And yet you have found through all of your work in digital experiences, digital products, that product vision is often lacking or it's not particularly clear. It's not doing the job it should do for us. What's going on there? Why do you think you run into that so much? Part of it is that digital products and how we look at innovation today is relatively young. So there's not a lot of great examples for a lot of people out there. I think another uh, major factor in it is that the the vision, you know, aspects are are kind of looked at as the soft part. They're not this tangible business critical component. Um, now, 
in leadership and in organizational level at seeing that vision is mission critical, especially when you're coming from a brand side. But I don't, we don't see it as being held uh, with that same weight from the product side. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, what we found uh, in working with people and in interviewing people is that some of the challenges that businesses uh, face uh, downstream once a product is even in market can uh, be attributed all the way back up to that product vision being missing at the very beginning of, of the process. Yeah, or, or being fuzzy, not, not clear, and maybe maybe some drift occurred along the way, right? We, we ended up off vision a little bit. Absolutely. I mean, a weak product vision is, is almost as dangerous as not having one at all. Yeah, right. Everyone's headed kind of the wrong place that we want them to be. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the analogy to the organizational vision is really helpful. You know, so many times I'm working with product teams, and we'll talk about the strategy related to product development, related to innovation, right? What, what, what is your innovation strategy? Mm-hmm. And it needs to be aligned with the organizational strategy. So that always raises a question, well, how does that happen? What is the organizational strategy? And very rarely do product teams have a clear handle on the, on the organizational strategy. And so we try to unravel that a little bit, right? Okay, it stems from your vision. What's the mission, the purpose of your organization? What are you trying to become the vision? And then usually there's probably your executives created some strategic goal, and that's an expression of what we're working towards right now, maybe this year. And these things all connect well. And once you have a clear understanding of that, that helps with decision-making. And at the product level, the same thing is true. We, we, we need this for our products as well. And I suspect that even though your, his, your experience, your history that has been with digital products, that this notion of product vision, you would say, would apply across you know, any kind of product we're dealing with. Is that fair? Absolutely. I think it's kind of a universal uh, principle, if you will, that you know you should have a strong product vision behind any type yeah. of product, whether it's a physical product or, or a digital product. Okay. Um, and I think you know one of the things that that is also you know a, a big topic of conversation around innovation and, and product creation or service creation today is is this issue of transformation. Right. Mm-hmm. Every business is trying to become a digital business in some form or fashion or modernize uh, in, in t- today, and the rules of and, and the playbook for creating great digital products is yet to be fully written. There are some businesses out there that are doing an amazing job at, at executing on this, mm-hmm. but it's institutionalized knowledge. It's not industry-wide knowledge. Right. And so how to actually um, elevate uh, product managers and their leadership to understand what it's going to take is is still something the industry is, is coming uh, just into its... Um, we're just kind of hitting that tipping point of understanding, wow, this is going to be uh, mission critical because now everybody is is playing in this uh, arena. It's an exciting time because a lot of people are starting to talk about the, these different elements of product management that make it work well for organizations. Mm-hmm. And I want to spend the rest of our time talking about how do we come up with a good vision, right? What are the steps involved in this? I see it as a collaboration tool also. So where do we start if we recognize we don't have a good vision or we don't have a clear vision? How do we create a meaningful product vision? You know, to start off, let's talk about what the building blocks are, right? So as we see it, there are really five critical building blocks to a great vision. And in order to really understand this, what we did is we started talking to product managers, product owners, executives, um, and researching a lot of thought leaders around who talk about vision being the cornerstone of business or personal development. People mm. like Stephen, uh, you know, and our Covey who did, you know, seven habits of highly effective people, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, are looking at like Jim Collins and, and good to great things like that, really trying to curate all of this uh, disparate information to at the product level. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? 
And then looking at the other factor of like, why do projects fail? And mm-hmm. a lot of times it, it's, it, this is a you know, simplification, but it usually can be boiled down to there's either lack of alignment in the vision or there was lack of alignment on how to execute on that vision. Okay. Um, and from there, a lot of things can kind of, you know, um, add, add to the mix. But when we look at these elements, the, the first one is, do we have a really clear goal? And I think it can be, you know, Jim Collins would call it a BHAG, right? That big, hairy, audacious goal that you're trying to achieve with the product. Uh, maybe that's a two-year or five-year objective that you're trying to hit. If you're in a larger organization, that may be specific to a, a product it, it just itself or even a feature. If you're in, um, or it may be the, the total sum of the product or the entire service offering of a business, depending mm-hmm. on the scope of that. Um, so I think it's really important. Okay, let me ask you about the goal. So yeah. if I'm looking at our, our overall strategy or objective, say maybe we ha- have an objective of growing uh, revenue 25%. Mm-hmm. We break that down to our new product development s- strategy. And we're expecting half of that growth to come from new product development, new, new products that we release in the next two years. Mm-hmm. So for a particular product, then maybe it's the one we're putting our energy behind that gets us into a new market. One goal that I would form around this might be to say, we expect 20% of new revenue from this product. That's a goal for the product. Does that fit this? I think that absolutely fits. I think I would just go one layer to be more specific because we also want this goal to be measurable. Yeah. Is to say from that, you know, if, let's say that 25% is um, $50 million. Sure. And increase revenue. So let's let's make that tangible yep. um, as as much as possible. Uh, since depending on who's working on this product may not understand what twenty five percent represents. Sure. And so I think that that element is, is really um, really uh, key. Uh, the second part that then builds off of that is you know this idea of like then the company needs to do what in order to recognize that what's the action that needs to take place. And I think a lot of times what we see is the, the vision is missing the clearly articulated action that is necessary to achieve that goal mm-hmm. uh, in understanding that. And then the, the third piece that builds off of that is really understanding. So, um, you know, they, that you can, if you take that action, you can do that by solving what problem, like what problem are you really solving? And I think this is one of the, the steps that, is uh, is is interesting to really dissect because what we see is that sometimes in the product process, um, organizations will fall in love with the solution instead of the problem. Right, and I think what we've seen is that product uh, really great product managers who are running really successful initiatives fall in love with the problem. They are so entrenched in understanding the root and not the symptom mm-hmm. that they're solving for to really make sure the product is creating the value um, and delivering on the promise. Yeah. Uh, that is necessary. And that's how it's going to drive growth or, you know, whatever the, that, that BHAG or that, you know, that $50 million goal, whatever that might be um, for an organization. You phrase that really well. Oftentimes we see product managers and part of this is just our background, right? I have an engineering background. It's easy for me to get enamored with the solution. And somehow I got wired along the way, right? Whatever my DNA is that I get really enamored with the customer. And so I get connected to that problem mm-hmm. and I don't mind throwing away solutions that aren't providing value. I say, we need to pivot, go down a different path, do something new, but it should be that focus on the problem we're trying to solve in a way I often add on to that, you know, in a way that creates more value than the customer has other options for, right. Yeah. That we're doing something of particular value for them. That hits on a really important thread of like, when we talk about value, 
you know, the product managers have this really interesting role that I think is, is this incredible skill or muscle that, that product managers develop around, you know, understanding value because mm-hmm. you're basically having to take this media initiative, you know, this, this, this very complicated, uh, thing to orchestrate um, into creating a product and bringing it to market and understanding how does this create value for my business, right? So I have an executive team and they're going, this is an investment. And they're trying to understand how this investment will, you know, further the vision of the company, right. you know, and your, and product managers are the stewards of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're having to, you know, continuously make sure there's alignment and buy-in and working with leadership to make sure that the you know, everything's moving in the right direction. And at the same time, you know, product management is, is focused on building and, and enabling all of these different disciplines to come together in a cohesive way and actually execute on that, that vision and create value then for the end user of the product. And so it's a very interesting, you know, uh, dynamic that, that is really owned by product managers Mm -hmm. and product owners that is, um, you know, sometimes not talked about, I think, enough because it's a tremendous skill that um, these uh, men and women are having to uh, develop and then balance as they move through these, you know, sometimes very long-term initiatives. Right. It's value creation for all the stakeholders, those internal and those external. Exactly. That's an executive leadership skill to be to be gained there, which makes product managers rather unique in the organization too. Okay. So we have a goal, an action, and a problem. So the next thing is really getting clear on the fourth piece, which is what's the benefit to the organization, right? So um, if we solve this problem, it, um, it will produce, you know, X. Mm-hmm. What is that uh, result going to be? And then what's the benefit? The fifth piece, what's that benefit then to the end customer? Mm-hmm. So even if it's an internal product, I think that it's important to all say that we're creating an internal product to eventually serve the benefit of our, of our, you know, external customers. This idea that um, we can then leave that out if our internal user is, um, you know, uh, our, our teams, I think is actually another area where we see kind of a miss that, you know, these uh, tools that are internal tools are enabling tools to deliver either better products, better services, you know, better experiences to customers. And so understanding um, that as part of whether it's an internal or an external facing product is also, I think, a really important piece mm-hmm. uh, to have I mean, a great vision. Good. So our building blocks here of a good vision, clear goal, the action that needs to take place, the problem that we are actually trying to solve, focus on the problem, not the solution, the benefit to the organization and the results that, are, that create benefits or value to the customer. Okay, so we have our elements in place. We'll get back to the discussion in just a minute. This episode of The Everyday Innovator is brought to you by Product Innovation Educators, your one place for online training to make the move from product manager to product master. When you enroll in one of our online courses, it's like having Chad McAllister as your personal coach. In each course, you get video lessons, added resources, and a private community for collaboration with other product managers and innovators. And, of course, you get direct access to Chad, who will answer your questions and get you heading in the right direction. Past students tell us the concepts, practices, and tools are valuable, but the real benefits they gain are being more confident, increasing their influence in their organization, and generating greater success for themselves and their company. 
There are four levels of training to become a product master. Find your level now. Get started by going to the everydayinnovator.com forward slash master. Your one place to become a product master. The everydayinnovator.com forward slash master. Don't wait. Get started now. What do we do next to create this compelling vision? In the beginning, we talked a little bit about how this is used in collaboration. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that. And I think that creating a vision is really powerful as a collaborative exercise and doing this as a product team and not just uh, in, in a silo. And then once you have that, you know, I think it's really important to take it and then to how you implement it is it becomes, it has multiple forms. I think as I almost use it as like a cover sheet to every stage of a project, hmm. every team member that gets, that is, gets involved. It's the first thing that they see when they're briefed on the project and it starts to set the context for the conversation. So whether you're a designer like, so what's design's role in fulfilling that vision and solving that problem? What's engineering's role and, you know, understanding that problem and solving it? Um, and it allows you to start to really look at the complexities that lay underneath in the project. Mm-hmm. And I think a much more um, uh, clear way, you know, what are the interde- interdependencies and these things? It starts to um, open up some really wonderful conversations with clarity of then what are we trying to achieve by this? And the other uh, thing that I see is, is part of that collaborative process is that it also helps um, create reinforcement. It's a lot of these uh, projects obviously are, you know, can happen over a span of many, many months. And so it's easy to be in the, in the trenches working on these things. And then some, you know, this, it kind of falls to the wayside. But so by bringing the vision to the forefront of, uh, meetings, reviews, talking about it, that, that where we keep it in the forefront of the project team, I think really helps build unity. It also is really powerful um, in another way of collaboration outside of the product team, which is when you're collaborating across um, business units in your organization. Mm-hmm. So understanding, for example, well, finance and, you know, and product have, can be working together, right? And a lot of times what we see is that you know, the things are happening in silos. And this is a common thing. Everybody talks about that issue. But a great product vision can help break down those silos. Right. They can help really say, okay, well, finance, well, absolutely, the finance team is incentivized. They want to see, you know, that $50 million increase in revenue. They want to see that success mm-hmm. um, just as much as the product team. And they can get behind that. Okay, what can I do? Because um, then the different goals that are uh, being... Um, you know, defined across the organization are aligning because there is this clear uh, connection to the benefit. And that's a lot easier to get people instead of, you know, hey, I'm too busy or I, you know, I don't really see the value in this or why we're doing this. It gives kind of that, um, you know, stake in the ground that everybody can, uh, you know, come to and agree and say, yep, that, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I get how this will help our customer if they're customer facing, if they're internally facing, if they're financial facing. And so it becomes this really powerful uh, catalyst in collaboration. What form does this take? If I was going to do this, I would put this together like a one-page canvas and get the product team, cross-functional team together and try to build the vision in a sense together, right? To get by it and collaborate and then have this one-page canvas to start sharing, you know, as part of the implementation of this. What form do you think works best for using this with groups and, and getting the implementation? 
I love the creativeness that comes from, you know, working with so many different types of clients. I mm-hmm. think most commonly what we see is it becomes a cover slide to a deck, right? Everybody loves their decks. Okay. <laughs> and so just that you know, kind of that uh, first slide, you know, to, to set that foundation in, in that format um, where assets are being shared in that, in, in that fashion, that is probably the most common. I've seen clients even do it, take it and turn it into a video, right? Where it's being narrated. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I want to have kind of use this vision as a rallying cry mm-hmm. and, and then they're going to build off of, you know, things and, and add a lot more detail or depth to kind of that core vision statement uh, that they want to make sure everybody has. Um, I've seen it used where, uh, you know, they will take a vision and, you know, where they're very customer centric and they take pictures and quotes of customers mm-hmm. and they really try to build the connection between the vision and the people that you're, you're creating the, uh, this product or service right. for and building a bridge and really uh, embracing kind of the empathetic side of like, look, these, these people have faces to them. They're right. important. Um, I think healthcare is a wonderful example where we've seen this really come shine through is, um, you know, nobody wants to have to go to a doctor, <laughs> but we're all really grateful they're there um, when mm-hmm. we need them. Um, so having, and healthcare is not traditionally known for being very empathetic. It's very systematized and regimented and process uh, driven. Uh, so being able to empathize with um, a patient is, is such a powerful tool when you're creating a product to serve them, um, even at the research level. Like we're trying to create uh, something new that, that can really benefit them. And uh, I've seen, uh, you know, this is not a client of ours, but a particular, you know, case study, uh, GE did a really beautiful project around MRI machines and transforming the experience for, um, for children, Mm -hmm. um, because it's a very scary process. Um, and, uh, you know, really looking at that and, you know, you can tell they had, um, even from the outside without getting to, to peek behind the curtains, you could tell in order to create a solution like that, they had a very strong vision and they were clear on what they were trying to achieve. Um, and it had, you know, really significant measurable value, both for customers being in this case, the patient, um, and for the hospitals themselves, um, as well. And, uh, those expressions and those examples are, um, you know, I'm excited to see a lot more of those, um, come to light. Absolutely. MRI one, I think is particularly interesting, right? Because that comes out of a passion from personal experience with kids, seeing an engineer, seeing these kids crying over the MRI experience. And then learning how to transform that into kind of a, a fun story, right? That, yeah. you know, the, the hospitals have turned their MRIs into spaceships or, or sailing boats and these different experiences in some cases where the kids are put in costume before they get into the MRI room, and right? And they start engaging in the story that it just transformed the experience, which I think is also a good example for us, for us as product managers to think that we can think outside the actual product and somehow enhance the product value by changing the experience customers have with it too. Yeah. Good examples. I just this this one slide cover, you know, to the slide deck or maybe the video. If I see this on a slide, do you explicitly the question here is what works best for communicating this? Do you explicitly say here's the five elements? Do you phrase this into a vision statement that just kind of composes those like a value proposition statement might? Great question. I think we we don't show them the building blocks unless we're facilitating or helping people recognize. You know what is what are the elements that make up a great product vision. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're sharing across a team, it's really turned into a vision statement. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, something that might sound like, you know, Acme Co., um, you know, to scale to a billion in revenue, we need to help maximize the value of product delivery to our clients. You know, we can do this proactively engaging prospects um, and existing clients to identify, you know, cross-sell and upsell opportunities and optimizing their product usage to increase ROI. You know, that that's a very business, you know, focused statement, but it's really clear. Uh-huh. You know, it, there's a vision for the growth of the business. We've under, understand there's a problem um, that we can, you know, articulate and we, we, you know, we're clearly identifying action and benefit. So, you know, th- those kinds of statements we find carry tremendous weight, uh, in the ability to just, you know, people to understand it from any discipline within the organization. This is a very powerful thing. And I hope listeners are appreciating that adding a vision just has lots of goodness, right? It increases collaboration, gets people on the same page. We know what we're moving to. Many times, the uh, I've seen organizations where the product teams, basically, we're, we have a pot of money. That's the constraints around the project, and that's about it. So m- maybe we're making some water widget, right? So something to do with water. And we're in that business, and it's time to enhance the product line. And we have a $10 million project to you know, come out with a new product in that product line. And that's kind of the vision of it, right? That, that from at the product level, the product team sees, okay, we have $10 million. We got to get this thing out next year. What are we going to do? Right. And having more clarity around what we're really trying to accomplish for the organization and our customer, the problem we're solving, uh, helps keep everyone on the same page and also helps us to connect to the big why about why is this important. Absolutely. Taking, you know, talking about the innovation cycle too, you know, there's, this, you know, obviously a lot of people really love this idea of, you know, fail fast and fail often. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's, you know, which works to a certain extent. There's, you know, there's another part of it that I don't think gets talked about sometimes enough, which is no, no business is out there to lose. Right. <laughs> right. This is part of their learning process. They're willing to make, to, they're embracing failure because they have a learning culture or they want to have more of a learning culture to, to understand what works. Um, but they're not in it to fail. And so it's, you know, understanding having a really good product vision and going through these steps to really answer these, you know, key things, you know, what's the value? What are we trying to achieve? What's the, are we really solving the core problem or are we really, are we focusing too much on a symptomatic issue? You know, you can focus so much of the uh, organization's energy then on the right things Mm -hmm. and getting the right things done can be the difference between, you know, like, minimum success or, you know, reaching a market with, or very little return or having tremendous impact. And I think, you know, understanding the, really the power of this, that it's, it's, to me, it's almost a precursor to any investment. Like this is helping you start to really understand, let's make sure we have the business case to make this investment because these are substantial amounts of money and resources. And I've never worked with a product team yet that doesn't want to be working on something they see come to fruition. Absolutely. So, you know, you pour your heart and soul into a product for, you know, a year or sometimes years and it's, you know, and then all of a sudden right before it happens, it's like, well, the company shifted directions. This doesn't fit anymore. We're going to scuttle this. You're now on a different team. Mm -hmm. That's really demoralizing when that kind of stuff happens. And I think you can negate that, you know, leaders can really empower their teams and their project managers um, and product managers to really, Say, okay, well, let's establish this. Let's make sure there's a line with where we're going as a business. And then we can really get to work on, on doing some really great things. Yeah. And a clear vision is a tool for product managers and the product teams for them to understand the importance of what they're doing in relationship to the organization. 
Yeah. Um, and it's an elevator pitch about, hey, what are you working on? Why is that important? A lot of time, the organization doesn't understand what product managers really do. Mm-hmm. And having a vision statement about the product we're working on is a good way of communicating what we're doing and why it's important. Hearing you say that, it comes to mind that there's another way we've used this to found it be really powerful as far as collaboration goes. And that's as um, product managers are uh, managing a product roadmap. Hmm. So having this vision, and this is another way that we've actually seen it used, that it's actually a statement on the top of a product roadmap. And so when you're looking at, you know, whatever your release cycle is or what features and things are being prioritized, um, you know, or what, what efforts are being done, it's really nice to say, okay, how does this align to the vision? Did we get off here? Right. Or, or are we exploring for, because we have new insight or are we going down this track because we've, we've drifted mm-hmm. um, in the product? Um, are we being, and, you know, having just that most basic checks and balance, like, again, is it going to benefit the business? Does it benefit our customer? And, you know, how, um, you know, you know, what's the level of effort to complete that? Um, you know, just that piece of looking at your roadmap um, with that vision can be a really powerful tool um, as you continue to collaborate and team members come in and out um, over time. That's a really good place to have the vision show up as, as part of the roadmap. And when you're, ever you're discussing the roadmap, that should be a vision-oriented tool for us too. So I appreciate you making that connection as well. As listeners know, I love a good innovation quote. What did you bring for us and why did you choose that one? So one of my favorite quotes, it's a proverb, is vision without action is a daydream and action without vision is a nightmare. Ooh. And I am a big believer that the vision is the first piece of having a great plan of action um, so an organization can move clearly forward. Uh, and uh, it's, it's a, one of the quotes I actually, I, I look at it every day in my office. And it ties in so well with our discussion on vision, right? The you know, action without vision is a nightmare. That's a lot of us are ending up places we don't want to be because we didn't think about where we were headed in the first place. Yeah. Really good quote. Thanks for sharing that. And of course, how can listeners find out more about the work you're doing, follow up with you? And as we talked before, I think you have some really valuable resources for the listeners too. So if listeners are interested, they can come uh, learn more about the work that we're doing at uh, www.emergeinteractive.com. And then uh, we created a special uh, gift for your listeners. Uh, we'll post the, the link so you can put it in your show notes, mm-hmm. but we have a link for your guests where they can go and download a free copy of our uh, digital vision and planning uh, checklist um, of the nine major key elements that need to be considered as you're creating uh, a digital product or service. And then for one lucky uh, person um, out of those who uh, download that resource, um, we're going to offer to host at Emerge Interactive our digital product um, and vision planning workshop. It's something that's usually $10,000 or more in value. And we really think this is an important uh, thing to be able to to share with people. And so we'd love to give that uh, gift to one of your uh, listeners. Wonderful. That's a very valuable opportunity there. So anyone that wants this checklist, you should definitely go check it out and check out the checklist. I will put the link to that in the show notes. So you will go to the show notes to find that. And then anyone who does download that will be in a random drawing to attend the workshop. John, tell us a little bit about about that workshop and where it's held. So the workshop is uh, held here at Emerge Interactive in Portland, Oregon. So um, beautiful place to go to. Wonderful place. Great food. There's, you know, um, if you've seen Portlandia, only a small (laughs) fractions of the show are true, but there's some great stuff to check out. 
our format is really simple in that we really walk through these five building blocks that we've been talking about and we spend a day together really dissecting and, and crafting. So we'll work with you to really help you understand your core problem, understand you know what what your vision is and help you refine that and then you know making sure that we're uh, solving uh, and, and understanding the benefits that need to come out of that. So we do this very collaborative. Um, we've got uh, I lead these workshops. Uh, we have uh, three or four other participants from the Emerge team across varying disciplines and, and technology, user experience, and strategy. Uh, we do this as a holistic approach to, to vision planning. And then what we'll do is we'll also talk through um, with uh, the, the lucky winner you know, how this applies and understanding the key steps that need to be looked at in their organization to apply this vision going forward for their product. Um, and we'll dive into some specifics depending on what type of product they're trying to create, whether it's an enterprise application, consumer-facing, web, or mobile. Um, we'll really uh, get into the, to the weeds with them and help them understand what are some of the key things that they need to be looking for as they go forward. Thank you for making that offer. Again, I'll put in the show notes a link to the checklist, and then it will be a random drawing from those who download that to attend a workshop in Portland, Oregon, a great value. And one more time for people that want to find out about the work you do, what website to go to? Come visit us at www.emergeinteractive.com. Great. John, thanks for walking us through product vision, elements of building one and how to use it. And thanks for making the opportunity available for a listener and sharing the checklist of digital vision and planning. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Chad. It's been a pleasure. Thanks again for listening to The Everyday Innovator, where you make your move from product manager to product master, gaining the influence and confidence you need to create products that customers love. I hope you love that discussion with John. I got a lot of value out of it and some really practical tips that I can put into action. You'll find the summary of the discussion with John at theeverydayinnovator.com slash 191. Keep innovating. Thank you for listening to The Everyday Innovator, which teaches product managers to become product masters. For more resources, please visit our blog at theeverydayinnovator.com.